Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. A few minutes ago on the video, uh, we saw two very handsome men, uh, but very different. And uh, one was called Do Perfect, and the other was called Dud Lee. And then just a bit of the Bible we've had read to us, and we get two characters. One of the characters is very much like Dude Perfect, and one of the characters is very much like Dud Lee. Um, Just look at verse 10, it's on your sheets, and this is what Jesus says, these are the two men. Uh, Two men went up to the temple to pray, one was a Pharisee, and the other a tax collector. Uh, The Pharisee is like Dude Perfect, the tax collector is like Dudley. Well, Jesus tells this story. And in the story, we get to listen to the prayers of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Well, first of all, let's focus in on the Pharisee, dude, perfect Pharisee, as I'm going to call him this morning. Now, this man was a good man. If this was Panto, you would be cheering and whooping as he came in. And so when dude perfect arrives in just a moment... I expect cheers, whooping, hollering at his entrance, okay? He's he's a good guy. He's massively religious. He loves the Bible. He knows it brilliantly from front to back. Um, If he was at school, he'd have been on the special needs register as gifted and talented. He gave a tenth of everything he received. He had been at church morning and evening. He would never have hung out with any rough sorts either. You know, he was a good guy with good friends. Um, He seems like the kind of person that God would absolutely love. And in this story, we get to hear his prayer. And I guess, why are we thinking about a guy like this this morning? Well, Jesus gives us the answer in verse 9. This is why he tells the story, verse 9. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Dude, perfect Pharisee is who Jesus has in his sights. Jesus is talking to people who think they're pretty good. Um, Jesus is talking to the gifted and talented, the nicely behaved, the charitable, the church going, which must include us because we're all here this morning. He's talking to the community spirited, the middle class, the religious. He's talking to people like me. And I think he's talking to people like you as well. Because I reckon in this room, we're all people who, by and large, we're kind of all right types, aren't we? We're all right. And if God's there, then he'd like us, wouldn't he? He'd like us. You know, you think about all the groups we've got in front of us, the scouts and so on. What a wonderful moral group to be part of, who do good things. So much better than hanging out on street corners and doing drugs, isn't it? Go to scouts instead. It's brilliant. You see, God, we've got to be pretty confident, haven't we? that God would like us. We're not thieves. We're not pimps. We're not in detention all the time at school. We're not bankers and we're not politicians. Of course God will like us. Well, we're going to look at the prayer of the Pharisee. A dude, perfect Pharisee. When he comes in, I'm expecting cheering, okay?
What a radical transformation. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like that flipping tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. I am wonderful. Amen. What a prayer. He's just so thankful to God, isn't he? He's thankful about himself. This, uh, this Pharisee, this dude perfect Pharisee, he's quite the character, isn't he? In this story, Jesus is kind of, he's taking the mick out of people who think that God will accept them based on what they do. Because he reckons if you think that God accepts you on how you behave, you'll end up just like this dude-perfect Pharisee. Pompous, self-obsessed and arrogant. He prays, God, thank you that I am such a perfect dude. God, thank you that I'm not like the rest of these losers. This guy, this Pharisee, he loves it when people around him do bad things. And when I was, uh, when I was uh, younger, I loved it, and I bet you're the same. Don't you love it when your brother or sister gets in trouble with your mum and dad? It's the best thing ever, isn't it? They look bad, you look good. Or at school. Everybody loves it when someone gets detention, don't they? You're smiling on the inside, if not on the outside. Ah, in detention. You're so bad. I'm so good. And, you know, when we watch the news, it's so easy to watch these things. Well, I'm glad I'm not like them. Such a peaceful-minded human being from the West. See, other people's failure gives people like Dude Perfect, the Pharisee, a chance to show off their own success. It gives him fuel for his own sense of self-righteousness. It's easy, isn't it? When we see other people do bad things, start thinking, well, they don't deserve to have God like me because I'm good. And this, this Pharisee, this dude perfect Pharisee, he doesn't just enjoy the failures of others, he revels in his own success. I'm so kind. I give to the needy. I help middle aged women up the hill in forward. I litter pick. I clean up after bad people. I even go to the extent of helping Australians who've had their offices egged. God, I thank you that I am so wonderful. Now, if you looked at Dude Perfect from the outside, you'd think, of course God loves a guy like this. Of course he does. He's good. He knows he's good. And we all know he's good as well. You see, if God wants rule-keeping most of all, then surely the Pharisee is in. But is that what God wants most of all? 
Is rule keeping the very heartbeat of God? He just loves to make rules. Well, we'll see in a minute. You see, do perfect the Pharisee. You'd let him marry your daughter, wouldn't you, parents? And you'd think God would make him a saint. Uh, But as you hear his prayer, he doesn't seem that interested in God, does he? In fact, God is pretty much irrelevant to the prayer. He prays to himself and about himself. Well, there's another man in the story. The other man is Dudley. Now, if it was, this was Panto, which it's not, um, you would boo as Dudley, the tax collector, came in. And we saw in our video, didn't we, that, well, he's horrible. He's a vandal, he's uncaring, he's clumsy, he's selfish, he's a thief. And basically that sums up tax collectors at the time of uh, this bit in Luke. Uh, They worked for the Romans and they were Jewish people. So they were hated by the Jews. And what they did was that they took far more money than they were supposed to. They were bad people, they were thieves. They were bad, they knew they were bad, and everyone else hated them. Well, when Dudley, the tax collector, comes in, I want you to boo and at him, please. tax collector couldn't even look up to heaven and he cried out in prayer God have mercy on me a sinner God have mercy on me a sinner It's a short prayer. And yet it reveals lots about him. The tax collector, Dudley, comes to God fully aware of his needs. He can't even look up to heaven. He can't stare God in the face because he knows that he's a bad person. That he's not loved God. He knows he's a sinner. And he sees the reality of that really clearly. Unlike the Pharisee who seems blinded, there's no pretense. All he can do is admit his need. That's all he can do. And you see what his need is? Did you see it there? In verse 13. God have mercy on me. A sinner. He needs mercy. He needs God not to treat him as he deserves. He deserves to be cut off from God and have no relationship with him whatsoever. And so his prayer 
is the prayer of a needy man asking God to meet his needs. And you see, there's no hint of, oh, do you remember when I did this good thing once? Or, well, I'm not quite as bad as the next tax collector along the road. There's none of that. He sees reality. He sees that he is a sinner before God who needs mercy and forgiveness. He's a bad man in front of a good God. Well, how will God respond to the Pharisee and the tax collector? Well, just look at verse 14. He says this, Jesus says, I tell you that this man, the tax collector, rather than the Pharisee, went home justified before God. I'm going to read it again because you won't believe it. I tell you that this man, the tax collector, rather than the Pharisee, went home justified before God. This is shocking, isn't it? This is outrageous. It's wrong, isn't it? Jesus has got confused somewhere along the line. The bad tax collector goes away justified, forgiven and in right relationship with God. And the good Pharisee is cut off from relationship with God. This goes against completely what we'd expect. Surely it's the good who are in and the bad who are out. It's simple. We all know that, don't we? Yet Jesus shockingly tells us that in this story, the bad are in and the good are out. And it all begs the question, why? Why? Why is this bad tax collector in, in right relationship with God, and the good Pharisee out? Well, I think it's this. See, God can forgive a sinner and bring them into a relationship with himself. But God can't forgive someone who doesn't think they need it. God can't forgive someone who doesn't think they need it. It seems to me that in this story, the good Pharisee is in far more trouble than the bad tax collector. See, for all his badness, the tax collector knows he's bad, so he knows his need. He asks for mercy. He asks for God not to punish him, not to cut him off, but to forgive him. But the Pharisee, because of his goodness, refuses to ask for mercy. He's too proud for forgiveness. See, his goodness... It's just a mask, isn't it, for pride and selfishness. His goodness is just an excuse for him to look down on others and think well of himself. You see, God's not just interested in in rule keeping. He's interested in our hearts, our reasons, our motivations for doing things. So if, like this Pharisee, you do the good things, brilliant. But if you don't do them out of love for God then there is rubbish. See, God, what does he primarily want from us? He wants a relationship with us. And in the prayer of the Pharisee, there's not a hint of relationship with anyone other than himself. 
You see, this Pharisee, he spends his time exalting himself rather than humbly seeing his needs. He thinks he's too good for God. And so he goes home without God. In the tax collector's prayer, we saw that desire for relationship, didn't we? God, have mercy on me. Bring me into relationship with you. And so this morning, what is keeping you away from God? Well, don't let your badness keep you away. (laughs) Look what happened to this factor. He was forgiven, restored, went home in right relationship with God. Your badness can't keep you away. But maybe this morning, what's keeping you from God is your goodness. Goodness that makes you think you don't need God's mercy. Goodness that has led to pride and self-righteousness and looking down on others. Goodness that really needs God's mercy. That really needs forgiving. Goodness for all the wrong reasons. See, my guess is there'll be people here who've been trusting Jesus in a while and you started out, you realised you were like the tax collector. That was you. You came to God, you asked for mercy, you received it, you're in relationship with God, but now you've you've grown. You've become more godly. And people around you notice it. And that idea has started to creep in that you're saved not just because of God's wanting to forgive you, but because you're a bit good as well. Because you're all right. See, watch out. Your goodness could put you out of relationship with God. Where you start trusting in your goodness rather than in God's grace, his gift of forgiveness. See, this morning, don't let your goodness keep you from God's mercy. What we all must do daily is humbly accept our need for God's mercy. Whether we're bad or whether we're good for all the wrong reasons. And so Gareth's going to lead us now as we confess. As we admit to God that we've been bad or we've been good for all the wrong reasons. Both need God's mercy. Well, so far, uh, we've seen that Jesus wants us to realise that we're needy, whether we are needy because we're bad, like the tax collector, or needy because we're good for all the wrong reasons, like the Pharisee. And Jesus is saying that we can learn how to be justified, how to be made right with God uh, from these two people. And the next thing that happens, I don't know if you noticed it in our reading, um, is that these people start bringing children to Jesus. And people like Pharisees will be like, well, why would Jesus be interested in kids? Dirty kids. Get them out of the way. Jesus is not interested in people like that. And Jesus says, no. No, let them come to me. Because Jesus is making this big point, just like he did with the tax collector. People like that are welcome. They can be justified. They can be made right. He says, actually, he goes even further. Just look at verse 17. He says, we can learn from children. This is very uh, good in our modern age. We love all this, don't we? Learning from children. Here we go. We can learn from children. Verse 17. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child 
will never enter it. Here it is. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Never enter it. Jesus, how you receive gifts, in fact, this particular gift of being made right with God, shows what you're really like. He wants us to be clear and certain that right relationship with God is received and not earned. It's a gift. And so we're going to see, how would uh, the Pharisee receive a gift? How would Dude Perfect receive a gift? Let me get into Dude Perfect mode. Hey, dude! Hi. Good to see you! Hi. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm all Come right. Come dude. Well, yeah, yeah. Listen, I've looked. Okay, I've got, I've got a present for you. Okay. Why? Well, yeah, just, just wanted to give you a gift, mate, you know. Well... Oh, go on. I don't... Look, you know, I, 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 well, it's for how you. Much, how, how, much, how much do I owe you? How much is it? It's a gift. Yeah, yeah, but... Yeah, you don't I, owe me anything. Yeah, but if you get me a gift, I have to get you a gift. It's a long protracted. No, 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 if you no, tell me how much you. it is, I know how much I have to you. spend. Look, I love you. I don't... I'd rather earn it. I'd rather just sort of get it myself. Because then you know, I save up my money, then I feel good about myself, don't I? Then, and it doesn't cost you anything either. So it's good for you and good for me. You don't want it? No, nah, I'm all right. I, I'd, rather earn, I'd rather earn it because I feel better about myself then. <laughs> um, adults, that's what I'm like. If, uh, if at Christmas someone gets you a gift, the first thing that goes in my head is, how much did it cost? Because I don't know how much to spend on their gift when I get them theirs. And what we do is, don't we, people like the Pharisee, they don't want gifts, do they? They want to earn it. And Jesus saying it is not like that with right relationship with God. Well, what about um, Dudley, the tax collector? How would he receive a gift? Hey, Dudley! Hi! Great to see you. Oh, I've got it's good to see you. Thanks. Oh, yes! Thank you so much. That's all right. Oh, I wonder what it is. I wonder what it is. <gasps> yes! Yes! I knew you'd like it. Yes! <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, thank you. You're the best. I love you so much. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> well, receives it with joy. That's how a, a tax would receive this gift of right relationship with God. With great joy. You see, it's a gift. You, you can do nothing to earn it. Nothing. And the tax collector knew that. You can't pay it back over time. That's not what the Christian life is. Some kind of slavery to pay back a debt. No. It's a totally free gift to be received and enjoyed. Jesus wants us to see each day, right relationship with him has been given to us. Given as a gift, free. Receive it. Jesus says there's no room for self-righteousness, no room for looking down on others, because it's a gift. You can't start thinking ill of others because they haven't got the gift you've got. This gift isn't earned by good behaviour, It's not a reward for not showing bad behaviour. It's a free gift to be received with humility. It is the gift we all need. 
whether we're bad or good for all the wrong reasons. And the thing is, with every gift that I've ever received, I know that it's cost someone. It doesn't cost uh, me if I receive a gift. I, I get it free of charge. It's brilliant. But the person who gives it, it costs them loads, doesn't it? Well, what does it cost for this gift of right relationship with God? How much does it cost to be in the kingdom? Well, I'll tell you what it costs. It costs God the Father, his son, to come down to earth. It costs God the Son, his life, as he's stretched out on a cross. It costs that much, that much, so that we can be offered freely the gift of eternal life in relationship with God. And so today, every day, see your need for God's mercy. Today, every day, rejoice in the gift of relationship with God that is offered to you in Jesus Christ. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we're shocked by stuff we read in this bit of your word. It doesn't make sense to us because we're so used to thinking that if we're good, we're in with you. Father, thank you for showing us uh, that you long for a relationship with us. And please help us to humbly see that that relationship only comes as we receive it, as you give it to us as a gift. Uh, Father, help us all here this morning. Uh, whether keeping distant from you because of our badness or our goodness, to come to your son and trust him that we might have relationship with you. And we pray it for your glory. Amen.